0: Angel Carlo, Kevin Downey back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays and Haley Scott D. Maria. If you don't know the story, it's so inspiring. Even if you know the story, it's incredibly inspiring every time over. January 24th, 1992, second semester of her freshman year. She's the Notre Dame swim team returning home from a swim meet at Northwestern, two miles from the toll road exit at Notre Dame. Snowstorm. Bus flips, Uh, Haley lays in the snow with a teammate for more than an hour. Turns out she's being told she's going to be paralyzed when she gets to the hospital. And then she later finds out two of her teammates have been killed uh, in that crash. Megan Beeler of Granger here in Michigan and Colin Hip of St. Louis, uh, both fellow freshmen of hers. And Haley made a remarkable recovery. Uh,
1: Um, And I remember it well. I was actually... um I went to school with Megan. She was a year older than me, so it was my senior year. It was uh, shocking, and again, so close—the accident, so close to the exit, <laughs> to, to just being home safe. It was wild. I again at St. Joe, they made an announcement. You could go and pray with the priests. Yeah, it was a life-changing thing for me. Again, I think just having been, you know, three years in school with Megan, it was—it uh, was really, really sad. Well, that aspect you say of people praying. That was something that
0: really helped Haley Scott D. Maria, she will say. Let's listen in to our Focus on Faith interview with the inspirational Haley Scott D. Maria. Okay, Haley, what was your childhood like uh, growing up in a family of athletes and ultimately how did swimming become the sport of choice for you?
2: Sure. So I I always say I grew up in a, a pretty inspiring family, but a, a pretty tough family in terms of athletics. Um, you know, when you look across the board, there are NBA players, Olympians, professional athletes, and other sports. So it was um, just really good genes for sports. It was never a question of would I play a sport; it was always what sport would I play. Uh, and I tried them all. So I was playing baseball, soccer, basketball, gymnastics, and and really what I found was that. At five feet eight inches as a ten-year-old girl, which wow. was extraordinarily tall, exactly, um, and that's not a very fun height to be at that age. You know, growing up in Phoenix, Arizona, we all learned to swim when we learned to walk. So the the, the pool and the water was was sec- a second home for me. So if you put me on a starting block at five feet eight inches again as a ten-year-old, I dive into the pool and I am halfway down the. First, length, you know, ahead of everyone. So, like most sports, and like most children, I love to win. So, swimming became my sport, really, because I it was something I could do well, and it was um, something that just kind of gave me a real sense of self. You know, those are those are really awkward ages. You know, going through middle school. So, wasn't raised Catholic. I was raised in a, in a Christian home, but not a, a very religious or prayer filled home. I went to Xavier College Prep in Phoenix, Arizona, for high school. Again, not because I was Catholic, because I wasn't, but because they had the best uh, high school swim team in the state at the time. And uh, winning is important when you're that age. And so I went there to be on the best team. And, And it was really because I was at Xavier that led our athletic director to contact the coach at Notre Dame, Tim Welsh, and, and ultimately what led me to Notre
0: Dame. Most would say, how is that possible in you know the early 90s that someone from Arizona would want to end up in the cold that is South Bend? So how did you ultimately decide it was the right pick for you uh, on your visit and everything?
2: And I happened to visit the first weekend in February. And I remember, you know, everyone telling, asking me, why would you want to go to to South, you know, Indiana, South Bend? It's so cold there. And that first weekend in February, this is 1991, it was about 60 degrees outside, maybe 55. Right. So for me, I'm walking around campus and there were two things that I noticed. One, I remember thinking, well, it's cold, but it's not that cold. (laughs) Um, So I always say that the weather kind of tricked me into coming. But the other thing I noticed was how kind people were, um, because everyone was just really friendly and and said hello. And there was this sense of a very welcoming community.
0: And then it's not long. I mean, your second semester freshman year, you guys are competing Mm -hmm. at Northwestern. You're coming back on the bus on a stormy night. You're not far from campus. And this horrific bus accident happens. Take us back to that night and, and kind of what you remember that suddenly changed your life forever.
2: What I remember, I remember very clearly, as you can imagine. Um, there's not a whole lot that I remember as well. Some of it I've pieced together over the years. But we had swum northwestern in Chicago, so close to not, close to home, not too far from South Bend. And we were almost home. We were about two miles from from getting off the exit of the toll road. And, and our bus hit a patch of black ice, which was a term I had never heard of until um, actually several days after the accident. I didn't even know what it was at the time. And our bus literally did a flip turn in terms of you know, swimming terms. We flipped upside down and, and we were facing in the opposite direction. And I remember wanting to get off the bus very quickly. I remember knowing that my back hurt. I remember a teammate sat with me when I was laying in the snow. She had been trained as a lifeguard, which most swimmers are. And um, she knew to not let me move with any sort of head, neck, or back injury. It was when I was first being moved from the snow to the ambulance that I realized I had no feeling or movement from the waist down. And at that point, my teammate said to me, you know, Haley, it's okay. Your legs are just numb from the cold. And of course, I would, had been lying in the snow for, for over an hour at this point. And I was freezing. You know, my body was, was starting to shake. So the fact that my legs were just numb made perfect sense to me. Um, and I really thought I'd get to the hospital and and warm up and and regain function. And that certainly didn't happen. I had two back surgeries that night and came out of it still with paralysis, uh, and at that point was given a forty eight hour window for feeling or movement to return if I was to have any chance to walk again. and unfortunately, that that forty eight hours came and went. and it was at that point that a very kind nurse doing her job came in and and told me and my parents that 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 was it that, that was it. You know, my life had changed. and I wouldn't walk and I wouldn't swim again.
0: Oh wow! To hear that news, and obviously, ultimately, you did walk and you did swim. But I know during that time there, you had a lot of important visitors, but including the president of the university, Father Malloy. Can you share that story with us?
2: Sure, that's one of my favorites. So when I had come out of my um, second surgery. Father Malloy had been traveling that morning, and certainly came right back to campus when he heard the news of the accident. And, you know, if you've ever met Monk, he is a, a very large, physical and holy presence. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to forget him when you when you have seen him. And I remember he came over to um, I was in the recovery, my recovery room bed, and he would just very humbly introduced himself to me and said, "You know, Haley, I'm I'm Father Malloy. I'm the president of Notre Dame." And I remember looking up at him and thinking yeah, I know. Um, Because again, once you know him or have met him, you wouldn't forget him. And he said, you know, very gently, can I pray with you? And I responded the way I think most non-Catholics would respond. And that is, "Um, but I'm not Catholic. And he said, that doesn't matter. Can we pray? And I've always said, I I don't think I, I consciously knew it at the time, but certainly in hindsight, looking back, that was the moment where I felt and knew that I was going to be fine, that it didn't matter that I was just a freshman at Notre Dame and had only been on campus for five months. It didn't matter that I may never walk again, or I may never swim again. Um, I was part of this family, even as a non-Catholic, and they were going to take care of me, whatever my situation was. And and that was just a really beautifully comforting feeling.
0: Oh, unbelievable story. Haley, at what point then in your time in the hospital did you realize that This tragedy was beyond just you and two of your teammates had lost their lives in the accident.
2: So those first 48 hours um, that I was, you know, sort of the window I was given for feeling or movement to return were pretty tricky and challenging and and certainly emotional for many reasons. Um, One, I was dealing with two back surgeries and the thought of permanent paralysis. I also learned during that 48 hours that two of my teammates had passed away, Megan Beeler and Colleen Hip. They also were freshmen. So our freshman class was, was hit pretty hard. In this, but I, I hadn't known that the night of the accident um, or going into two of my surgeries, I, I kept asking how was the rest of my team, and, and the answer I was given for the first day was, "You're the only one still in the hospital." But once I did learn of their deaths, um, I knew I would walk, and I knew I would swim, and I knew I would do it for Megan and Colleen. It was just what I had to do. I had to do it because they couldn't. I had to do it to honor their their memory and to to be their legacy and. And, and that really stayed with me all through physical therapy, through my time in the hospital, through the setbacks and the additional surgeries that I would face and hasn't gone away. It's been about uh, to almost 28 years since the bus accident we're getting to now. And um, that it's still a very real way that, that I live my life is to, to try to live it in a way that honors them and, and recognizes them and is hopefully their legacy.
0: That moment when you first started feeling your toes again, I know there was something that you attribute faith-based to, kind of inspiring that moment from happening. What was it? Catholic school mass that you shared the story of?
2: My coach Tim Welsh. He was walking through the Joyce Center back over to the pool. You know, as you know, it's all connected, and there was an all Catholic schools mass that was taking place in the basketball arena and Purcell Pavilion. As he was walking by, heading back to the pool he heard them talking about the bus accident he stopped and he listened and he heard them talking about a girl who was still in the hospital. And, you know, she's been told she she will not walk and let's pray for her. Um, and so at that moment, uh, on that day, uh, around noon, he, he prayed with the group that was praying for me, um, at the Catholic schools mass. And by the time he got Back to the pool in his office, he had gotten the phone call that I had moved my toe for the first time. And you know, Tim Welsh is such a faith-filled person. He's so much a part of the community of faith at Notre Dame that was was instrumental to me. And you know, just to have him share that story with us and, and to know that that was a part of his healing as well, it really helps you understand, um, at least for me, in a very concrete way, the power of prayer and in a tangible way with something that you know is really intangible at times but that was something that we felt in a very real way.
0: It's amazing because here you are being told you may not walk again and it ends up really not being that long until you end up being back in the pool again in in reality. Now, I know there's a lot of tough moments in between that. Additional surgeries, but what was it, a year and a half, and you're back in the pool competing again? When you got to that day, what were those moments like for you?
2: So I I love that you think that it was a short time. Um, Again, you must live in the world of sports because, you know, we're always impatient as athletes, and it, it sometimes usually seems too long, but it does go very quickly, I was able to get back in the pool again about a year after the bus accident, which is very fast. I, I had worn a brace for a year. Um, I was able to get back in and train. Thankfully, swimming is more like riding a bike. You don't really forget how to do it. I was just very out of shape. So while I had to actually relearn how to walk again, I didn't have to relearn how to swim. So I trained for about eight months. And then I knew I, knew I wanted my first race to be at Notre Dame. I knew I wanted it to be a home meet. In my mind, that's where the story began. And and that's where I w- thought the story would end. So I, I swam in October of 1993, about 21 months after the bus accident. Uh, I swam two events that day: the 50 freestyle, which was Megan's favorite event, and the 100 butterfly, which was Colleen Hip's favorite event. And you know that that meet was in many ways very different, and in many ways very much the same. There were extraordinary number of people who came, and certainly the media was there in in a, a a pretty intense way that, that we don't always see at a, a Notre Dame dual meet um, for swimming. But that to me has always just really speaks to the the community of faith that Notre Dame is and the community of South Bend. There were other athletes and and classmates from you know different sports and different dorms across campus who came to watch, coaches from other teams, my my ER doctor came, my OR doctor came, a state trooper who was the the first responder at the first scene of our accident came to watch me swim. So the people really came out in support of this story that wasn't just mine but that was really all of Notre Dames and all of south Bend's and uh, that just I think speaks to the the really beautiful communities that we have there, but for me, in many ways, it was just like any other meet or any other race I put my goggles on i you know shook my hands on the starting blocks like I normally do, and just got up on the blocks and dove in and swam um, you know and went into that zone that that many athletes go into during competition and That was the best part was just was just swimming again and and being back with the team and back in the pool. And I would learn later on that that Tim Welsh put no other Notre Dame swimmers in that first event, that 50 free. So because of that, you know, we were at a, a pretty slow conference at the time. So I won that first race back, which we always call the Hollywood ending, you know, that's kind of the the fun part of the story. But uh, it was also just a really beautiful gesture for my teammates who had who had literally walked to this journey with me for those almost two years. And they got to watch me swim. And they got to be a part of that pretty significant event.
0: And then not that long after that, it's Notre Dame, Florida State. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and Coach Holt says, yeah, we got the biggest game ever coming up tomorrow at the pep rally. But I want to give the game ball to Haley Scott DiMaria. What what did that mean to you that the football game almost took a backseat to your inspiring story in Coach Holtz's eyes?
2: Well, maybe in Colt Schultz's eyes, I don't know <laughs> if it takes a backseat anywhere else, and and maybe just for that moment that he was saying that was it a backseat, but um, you know that that whole experience, you know, first of all, the Florida State game is is, is what it is, and you know, for anyone who was there, will we'll certainly never forget it. But the pep rally the night before was a, a pretty a pretty neat moment for me as well personally. We had a meet that night. We actually swam Florida State. I left early because I I had a speech to write, and you know, I needed to to make sure that I knew what I was going to say. And I remember standing in, you know, sort of the back hall, again, the pools connected to the Joyce Center where the Pep Rally was. And I and I remember standing there because at, at that point at Pep Rallies, a whole football team would be there, the co- head coach would be there, and they would all sort of parade in. Um, and of course that that pep rally was as, you know, as big as the game. So I was standing there with the football team and They were much bigger than I was, and they were all talking about who's the speaker. You know, who's going to be our speaker? It's the biggest game of the year. It's the biggest you know game of the century. They were calling it at the time, and all these names are being thrown around. You know, Joe Montana and Regis Philbin, and uh, somebody just looked at me, and I I just sort of shrugged, and I said, "It's just me." Um, It was almost like they they hadn't seen me there till that moment. You know, I don't know who it was. I'd love to thank them. I hope they hear this at some point, but there was one player who just said, oh, that that's, it is somebody awesome. And I knew at that moment, this was going to be fine. You know, I could talk to 12, 16, 18,000 people, however many were there. And, um, you know, if I was, if I was good enough for the football players to have me as their speaker, then, then I could go out there and, and do the rest. But coach Holtz has always been a really Great friend to me. He's always been very supportive. You know, he has a saying that he always said to his athletes: "Show me a leader, and I'll show you someone who's overcome adversity." Certainly, at that time at Notre Dame, I was a pretty visible sign of someone who had overcome adversity. So, there's always been a, a very mutual respect there. To play a small role in that big moment um, in Notre Dame football history was was really cool for me.
0: Helly Scott D Maria joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our focus on faith interview. At this point, you're still not Catholic, and you would not become Catholic for, for a little while yet. What ultimately led you to becoming Catholic, Haley?
2: So when I graduated from Notre Dame, I went back to Phoenix and went back to Xavier College Prep and was teaching and coaching there. And so went from really one community of faith to another. And when we were there, unfortunately, we um, I was the the moderator for our senior student council. So the student council officers was a... A class of eight seniors that I that I met with every day, and at the end of their senior year, one of our officers um, was, was hit and killed by a drunk driver on prom mm-hmm. night, and um, and what I watched in um, the the aftermath of that was was this campus in mourning and a community of faith coming together to take care of um, these students and a family who was was hurting in, in the worst way possible and. It, it, Xavier's campus was what I imagined Notre Dame must have been like after our accident. And certainly I wasn't there. I was in the hospital at the time, so I didn't experience campus after our bus accident. But, but after this accident at Xavier, it really spoke to me that this wasn't just a Notre Dame thing and it, it wasn't even really just a, even a Catholic thing or a Xavier thing. It was a community of faith that helps you through a, a really the hardest parts of your life And it was really through that, a culmination of all of my experiences, but seeing it from a different viewpoint made me realize that I never wanted to be without that in my life. I don't know how you go through something that we did without a very strong faith and without a community of faith and without multiple communities of faith to help you through it. I've, I've always said it wasn't my faith that got me through it, but the faith of everyone around me. And so I knew I, I had to be a part of it. Um, and, so, and for me, it was the Catholic church. You know, I had been at Xavier and then went to Notre Dame and then came back to Xavier. And, and that part of the, the faith has always been so powerful and, and meaningful to me is, is that sense of community and the power of prayer. So I, at that point, um, made the decision to join the Catholic Church, and and it still continues to be a very real way that we live our life now. Is to um, to make sure that those communities are there when we need them, because we will all go through tough times. I, I certainly had a, a pretty rough patch in college, but I'm not immune to it anymore. Um, you know, tragedy is a part of life that will affect all of us, and I think those communities that we are a part of don't just show up; they really need to be nurtured, and so. It's our responsibility to give to them when we don't need them so that they're there for us when we do. Um, and the, the Catholic community of faith does that so well.
0: Haley, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us.
2: You're very welcome. It's my privilege.
0: Haley Scott D. Maria, former Notre Dame swimmer, uh, just truly an inspirational story that obviously, Kevin, you. You kind of lived through in terms of uh, the personal side with Megan Beeler uh, of Granger and St. Joe High passing away in that accident. But uh, Haley certainly has honored her yeah. her legacy and the one of uh, Colleen Hip very, very well over these last three decades or so.
1: Well, and it's, I guess, just remarkable to me because I didn't know so much of the story after. You know, I was just a senior in high school and a freshman in college, so I was caught up in my own things, but an incredible uh Incredibly inspiring story, and, and I think it's neat. You know, again, the big takeaway that the faith community can help you get through everything uh, and tragedies, and that we're all going to go through them. It's, uh, I don't know, just really inspiring.
0: This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.